Hi, this is Jamal Igle, creator of Molly Danger, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Good, nice and strong. Yeah, yeah. Right. in your face, you. where it should be. That face. <laughs> this is a hot one today. Yeah, it was stupid. Stupid hot. Oh, it was. I hate it. This shouldn't be hot on Sunday. Sunday should be the day where the weather just says, uh, you know what? It's Sunday. People got shit to do. We want to have a good day. Don't be hot. But it wasn't. It was disturbingly hot. In three weeks, when we all get together for New York Comic Con, it's probably going to be cold. And I'm like, God damn, it's cold. No, not me. No, I'm I'm an Arctic man. I love it cold. Maybe right. maybe you guys would be like, Mur. I the cold. I'm a winter baby myself. I like it cold. Yeah, colder the better. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm going to hell, and hell is freezing, so I'll be right <laughs> at home. Sunday bonus app. Yeah, look at this. It is a Sunday bonus app. Of 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 563, to be specific. And I am what? Vince B. What, what? You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, and I am Alexei Sistevich. <laughs> I love it when you try the accents, because you usually get them. You usually get them. <laughs> Otherwise known as? Oh, boy. Alexei Sistevich. Oh. That is the last name, Sistevich? Yes. Mm, am I being stupid? Yep. Am I? Yep. Alexi. Rhino, dude. Oh, I didn't know the last name. I knew yeah. I knew Alexi, but I didn't know the last yeah. name. Created by Steve Ditko. In- incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> well, since the Rhino didn't, I don't think the Rhino came around till the Ramita. Correct. Run, it would have yeah. been Stan Lee and John Romita. That, that is correct. Right. You're not the rhino, although I would give you flowers. You are Jason Wood, everybody. Sometimes my horn is hard and petrified. I get it. I felt it. <laughs> right in the tookish. Beauty of spooning. But uh, no, this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics, y'all, has been sponsored by our wonderful patrons. They came to the gate and opened it up for all of you to experience not one but two extra episodes this month. So you get six in one month. That's crazy. Should be 12, but beggars can't be choosers. I wish it was 12. <laughs> I do this, this damn thing every day. Very. Yeah, this is fun, man. This we is have it. a tier. We have a tier for that. I know, but the chances of that tier being hit are, are very, very slim. Well, hey, you never know. Yeah, maybe Drew Carey. Yeah, I like these guys. Maybe Jeff Bezos will take a liking to us. And, oh, oh wouldn't that be sweet? It's like his daily interest on like a savings account. <laughs> you know what? I think it's much more than that. That's on one of the savings accounts. What is it? Twenty-five G a month for the? Yes. Yeah, that's a for how long though? For a year? That's it for six months. They give us twenty five thousand a month. That month we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's concurrent. Yeah, you don't even have to. You you pony up that twenty five well, G's. Vince, that, Vince, that, that you money, and I may be able to get by. PayPal. We're 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 having a busy month. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right, David. Uh, Jason would would have to scrimp and save 
to exist on that kind of money. But no, I become a guest host. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean nothing would change? <laughs> oh, really? oh, oh, Lucy! All right, drink roll That's call, people. Shenanigans. I have a very, very special beverage for my drink roll okay. call. Okay, I want to hear it. It is the very first instance of McDonald's pumpkin spice coffee. Ooh. It's out there, baby. And I got some. Ooh, that's it, rough. No, it's not rough. It is, it's manna from heaven. It's the nectar Ooh. of the gods. Nah, son. Are, oh. you, are you nibbling on some candy corn with it? Uh, no, I don't. I'm, <sighs> see, I'm trying to hold off on the candy corn because you know what happens. Once I get the candy yes. corn, I eat the candy corn. All of yes. it. Yes. And um, I told, I put it in order. I said to anyone who does buy candy corn, please, let's just get exclusively the pumpkins this time. Really? They're my favorite. I love the pumpkins. Yeah. Because no, they're, they're meatier. Yeah, they're what? They're meatier. It's like getting two or three. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're a little plump. And, yeah. yeah. And I like the way they feel. When, uh, I, I, I scrunch them in my teeth. You like the texture. Yep. I no, do. I get you. I get you. I do. I love it. I, was, I, I behaved myself last year. I still have, and you're not going to be able to tell, I still have some candy corn left over from last year. So it's not like it goes stale. I'm sure I'll. No, you can keep that shit for taste decades. Taste the same when I bite into it in a couple of weeks. So. Do you put them on your teeth like fangs? I do. Hilarious. <laughs> I, and it's the same thing every year. The kids go, oh, daddy's doing the fang thing with the candy. And I'm like, I want to bite you. <laughs> Baffled. So stupid, right? <laughs> <laughs> but oh, uh david so what, what are you uh, drinking what flavor coffee are you drinking jason oh, well man. i am drinking coffee actually but it's just uh it's just Co- strong flavored coffee wine are you drinking no no oh, it's just so n- coffee not the good and stuff. then after my coffee here is done because i'm about halfway through the cup i'm going to be drinking some pamplemousse seltzer Ooh, that's zero for two dap what are you drinking <laughs> uh it was a um it was a whiskey weekend, so um, I had a whiskey sour and an old-fashioned last night at a party, and tonight, for this episode, um, I'm chasing it with a bottle of Poland Spring, but right now it is um, Michter's Small Batch Unblended American Whiskey. You are, the, you are the defender the of the faith. Someone's got to be. Pump it. We're all... Defend. That's a great song, isn't it? The best. I love it. Jason, who sings Defenders of the Faith? Do you know that? No clue, bro. Oh, boy. You're still pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Judas Priest, for the record. Don't think I could name a single Judas Priest song. Get out of here. You're, you're not kidding. You have to be kidding me. No, I mean, I don't think it's possible if they have a hit or two. Wait. Like You might play it for me, and I wouldn't have known it was Judas Priest, but I might have heard the song. Right, but I honestly don't think I can name one. I would, I yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against that. I, I, I back that up. So now we have an agenda. Come, no, New we York Comic. Yes, we do. No, we, we do not. Your New York Comic Con is going to be filled with the the lovely sounds of Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, and Dap. Who else we thrown in there? Um, the quickest path to it being our last New York Comic Con together at Casa Wood. I bet Beth would be down with a little bit of Judas Priest. She does not like. That. No, she got the leather on. She'd be on top of the table. Nope. I got the whole scene written. I want, I want, I want Jason to hear "Remember the Ancient Mariner." 
Ah, oh, yes. I think he dig that song. But um, that song. Sounds that, familiar. That, that long ass track. Um, I don't know who else. Who else would work? Jason, um, you can even hear the creaking of the boat in the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Oh, it's so good. The boat creaks and shit, and you're on it, and you're feeling it going back and forth, and he's got no water, and it's all around him, but he can't drink that, and he's got the albatross. It's great. You got to hear it. Such Just bring song. the ball-peen hammer with me so I can bash my skull in. That's all. Oh, stop. Whew. All right. Let's move on. Yes. What do we got? Bringing me uh, down. Bringing me down. Well, we do actually, before we, um, before we announce the nominees for the September Book of the Month, we do have the uh, the winners, the top five T-shirt designs. Oh yes, we do. As voted on, big doings, right? By the beautiful patrons, um, and they uh, we we had ten. Everybody got to vote for one, um, and the uh, the way it worked is that the top five. Um, the top five out of the ten, whichever five got the most votes out of those ten, those are going to be uh, your um, the five designs you'll be able to purchase. Patreon exclusive purchase, so this won't be um, available in the Threadless store, and for whatever reason, Patreon wants to be a massive dick tonight. And not load <laughs> the, uh, the design. I could bring them up, maybe. With the, with, the well, you know what? Okay, so while wait while I'm while I'm finding this, give us some uh, give us some background, give us some info on uh, the designs you chose and why they may have sunk to you. Well, um, the the why I chose them is very simple. They're public domain. Um, aside from my typography, the the actual images used in the T-shirt designs are all culled from public domain comics. There is a wealth of fantastic images out there uh, in this period of time when the copyright has lapsed and now anybody can use them. But, um, I mean, le- legendary creators. We have two designs from Steve Ditko. Um, we do. Uh, an underwater image uh, with a, a man riding on this fish-type creature. It's a, it's a great image. And then a, a more typical Steve Ditko image with the, in the foreground, there's a man screaming. And then in the, the, the mid-ground, there's a woman being attacked by a robot. And it's it's just um, among the T-shirt, uh, the purveyors of the T-shirt images, you have Dick Giordano, which surprised me how many votes that got. Because I just, I put that one in for a little bit of flavor. I appreciate it. And uh, it got more attention than I thought. So that was very surprising. Um, you're right. Patreon's being a pain in the ass. Well, this is, and this was my concern, worry if you want to say it, but I had a feeling, um, and and just some behind the scenes, how the sausage is made type thing. When we do the book of the month, I try to limit one creator. So I, I, I won't do Sin City and Dark Knight Returns in the same month because 
Frank Miller is usually going to win regardless, so we try not to um, stack the deck. And you kind of did mm-hmm. with two offerings by Ditko, sure. which, of course, both won. Yes, and I will read so, you the list of uh, purveyors of these beautiful images. Uh, image number one was an Airboy and the Valkyrie by Fred Keita from Airboy Comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, image number two, the art is by Bob Fujitani. Number three, Charles Biro. Number four was Leo Moray. Number five and number six are both Steve Ditko. Seven was Dick Giordano. Eight was by Joe Kubert. That was another one I thought, okay, I'm going to put this in. People are going to love it. Um, number nine, and it's a shirt that I'm going to get because I don't give a shit that it got zero votes. I love this image the best. It's by Maurice Whitman. And image number 10 was by Bill Molino and Vince Alasia. And uh, it looks like, you want me to read the winner's step? You want to do it? That's it. Go for it. The top five shirts was uh, one. Airboy, uh, let's see, the two Steve Ditko's, Image 5 and Image 6, the Joe Hubert. And I think, actually, I think either either we're going to, we might have to, the f- number five, the fifth one, uh, actually is, is, there's two that are tied for fifth. Yeah, well, so, we're just going to go with the, uh, you want to go with the Dick Giordano, just to do the Man of Solid, because he's awesome. Yep. All right. And the the fifth image is number seven, Dick Giordano. So if you are a patron, you will be able to procure these shirts in a special tier. They will be only available through Patreon. There's going to be a, 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 um, a special indicator on the shirt, Patreon exclusive. It'll be tiny. It won't be in your face. I won't obscure the design at all. But... Uh, Right underneath 11oClockComics.com, it'll say Patreon Exclusive 2018. And we're going to recycle. We're going to cycle these out, rather, once they uh, run their course. I believe we're going to have them available for six months. And then after which, you will not be able to get these shirts ever again. We're not going to reprint them. We're not going to offer them up for sale anywhere else. You can only get these shirts through Patreon. I love it. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And um, it's uh, it'll just help make us do more of these episodes. So love it. Yeah, yeah. they came out so great. I want all five. Seriously. Like I said, I'm getting a number nine. I don't care, but I'm I'm getting them all too. Um, it's I wanted to to make a a very idiosyncratic layout with the the typography and i think it speaks Mm -hmm. to you know i mean it's what we do and it it, it'll be instantly recognizable as from you know coming from 11 o'clock comics blah 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 but there will be more offerings don't um on the threadless front i mean we're going to have a bunch of shirts that you can check out uh but these will only be available through patreon so uh do us a solid if you want to check them out uh, patreon.com forward slash one one o c o m i c s that's eleven o'clock comics bada bing bada boom yeah let's talk about the comics before we uh get mired into business do it up all right I have something i I don't know if you two read it, but if you didn't i would uh, i think it would be behoove you to read it it was the most surprising book of the year so far for me. I may have read it. Awesome. We all know 
uh, we're all aware, so to speak, of the talents of one Jamal Eigel. Mm-hmm. He's he's amazingly capable, but I do have to be honest. Some of the projects in which he's been involved hadn't float floated my boat. Like Molly Danger was beautiful, but it the the subject matter was lost on me. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, he he did it up. He did a, a, a phenomenal job, but I just it it it's not something that made a, a beeline to my heart. And sure. um, and I I read it and I enjoyed it, but it, it, yeah, it was it was it was a it was there. Right? This the subject matter of this book just grabbed me by the lapels if I did wear something with lapels and pulled me in. It's called The Wrong Earth, number one. Written by Tom Payer. Art by Jamal Eigel. Inks by Juan Castro. Color art by Andy Troy. There's a lengthy text piece in the back by Grant Morrison. There's a Too Much Coffee Man page by Shannon Wheeler. And it is published by... Ahoy Comics. It's the very first offering from Ahoy Comics. And I thought I was, to use one of Jason's words, I, w- I was God- gobsmacked how much I enjoyed this book. From the first page, it, it, it opens up like an episode of Batman from the 60s. You have Dragonfly Man and his kid sidekick Stinger. They're caught in a trap. And everything in the trap is labeled. It's amazing. <laughs> there's a, it's like this laser trap. And there's a, um, it says ricocheting heat beam. Like there's an actual label on this thing as to what it is. In the background, there's an industrial thermometer. And they're strapped to a table. And there's lasers ricocheting all over the place. Who put them in this diabolical trap? They're villain their arch nemesis number one number one is an extremely vain i don't want to call him a psychopath yet because we really don't know all that much about this incarnation of number one and i say this incarnation is because this takes place on earth alpha specifically fortune city number one is trying to take up Dragonfly Man and Stinger's time while he takes down all of the famous works of art in the Fortune City Museum and replaces them with pictures of himself. Now, it's it's classic Batman 60s because number one has an entourage. He has a posse. And all the posse are numbered. He's got a Harley Quinn-esque female accomplice let's just say and her name is deuce she's number two there's a black clad trio of um henchmen and they're all number themed as well number three his name is trey get it so they're mm-hmm. they're in the museum and they re- replace all the artwork and what do you know dragonfly man and stinger get out of the trap because trey didn't realize, but Dragonfly Man stole or crooked his button. They all wear buttons with n- number-themed buttons. He took the pin and used it to put the kibosh on the laser thing, and they bust through, and they, they fisticuffs ensue. But wait a minute. There's another Dragonfly running around, this time on Fortune City on Earth Omega. 
but his name's not Dragonfly Man. His name's just Dragonfly. And this is the mirror image, the black mirror image of Earth Alpha. Earth Omega is not a nice place. Um, Dragonfly is engaging in number one or number one's henchmen, but they're very different. They have black on, but they are they're kind of like Bane lookalikes in a, in a sense. They have black leather vests and they have black masks on. And this dragonfly is despicable because as he's <laughs> fighting them, he pulls some kind of flammable liquid out of his gauntlet and he incinerates the henchmen. Uh, one of them attacks him with a baseball bat. He takes the baseball bat, which is now on fire, and beats the men to death with a, fl- with a flaming baseball bat, leaving their bodies to just be engulfed in flames. Like, he doesn't even care. He just walks away from the, the fight, leaving these men to die. And um, he goes into this this building and he sees number one there but number one is far different than the the batman-esque number one this number one has a number one it looks like it's burned or scarred into his face kind of like cable scar over his eye but it's a big number one and his hair's flopped to one side he's punky you know and he's hooked up intravenously to a young man he's stealing his blood they don't ever say why he's stealing his blood do they I don't, I, don't, I don't recall. He said, all this blood he, lying around and I'm not going to take it? What? He may have some kind of condition, maybe? I think, or just um, the uh, that belief of it, but cycling out your blood with that of, uh, of a younger person. Um, kind of like to revitalize you. Um, I don't subscribe to it, but yeah, it, it, it's I, it's not the first I've I've heard of it, but it, it's kind of the first that I've seen it in a comic book. But yeah, they, they don't go into detail as to why he's doing this, other than to just risk some young person's life so he can feel a little better about himself. Yeah, and um, there are words between Dragonfly and Number One. Number One. Um, infers that Dragonfly once had a kid sidekick on this Earth Omega and the sidekick is no more. And in true Death of the Family fashion, it may have been number one that killed the sidekick. Um, If you didn't get the picture so far, this story is a meeting of Silver Age and the 90s, grim and gritty. It speaks more towards to the style of superheroics from those periods, I, I think it's just brilliantly done because, um, as as uh, Dragonfly kind of puts the kibosh on number one, he has an ace in the hole, and that's another henchman. This one even bigger. Um, <laughs> his name means six, um, size, and they go they throw down, and and number one leaves through a mirror. There's a mirror propped up in the corner. He literally walks through the mirror. And where do you think he comes out? On Earth Alpha. And he enters the, the museum and he looks at Stinger and he's like, look who's alive. What the hell are you doing alive? And, and Stinger says, of course I'm alive. And what does number one Omega do? Picks up a piece of jagged glass and stabs the kid in the gut. <laughs> it's, 
just huh. plunges plunges the, the 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 glass right in the kid and and now number deuce who is you know she's a criminal she's like what the hell are you doing that, that that's a kid and she thinks that he's her number one i don't know why she would because he looks only vaguely like her number one and and he he's like she's like what happened to you and he he pushes her, he's like shut up not a nice guy prick so again through the mirror in comes dragonfly from earth omega and he sees stinger he's like what why is the kid wearing that and she's like this is your sidekick he's like i don't have a sidekick so he ex- on on Earth Omega Dragonfly is or dra- yeah Dragonfly's hunted by the cops wanted man, and so when he when he hears the police outside he's like oh I got to get out of here this is not going to end well and the cops come in and they 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 level their guns on him like oh Dragonfly man hey and they come up to him and thank him thank you very much Dragonfly man for protecting our fair city and he's like what in the hell's going on here so the the caveat is what do you think happens to dragonfly man well he enters the mirror and comes out on earth omega and sees the 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 kid on the gurney whose blood was extracted he's like all right we're going to get you some help young man you just stay tight and he comes out and he what does he see fortune city's police force he's like oh great i'm glad you guys are here we need help we need to call an ambulance and what do the police officers do they shoot him twice in the chest, and they dis- they unmask him, and it's like holy crap! This is Richard Fame. He's that Wall Street guy. Mm. And they say he, he Dragonfly Man wakes up and he's like, oh, "What's going on?" He's like, "You've been shot. We're going to get you the medical attention you need, but first, you're going to pay us." These are not nice people, and that's mm. that's where the story ends. I. This thing was amazing. It's the perfect setup. It it it's it's a great premise. It, the concept is cool that you have two Earths drastically different with the roughly the same hero, but in different states, right? But it also says Silver Age and the Grim and Gritty era of of comics. It's like it's there's a, a metatextual aspect to it where it's as much about comics as it is comics itself. Mm-hmm. I, I I was just stunned at how much this thing just soaked into me. I loved it. And I thought, I'm look I'm I'm going through the art and I'm like, Jesus, Jamal, I mean, he's a freaking beast. I I remember Jamal being very good, right? Mm-hmm. This is like another level up. It, the, well, I the, guess that would make some sense, though, right? In the, I mean, because, as you said, he's been at the craft for a long bunch of time where he was doing stuff, but you weren't necessarily focused on it. Right. Maybe I just wasn't so. paying attention, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. a double-page spread, uh, pages two and three, where number one is in the museum. He's got his feet up on a table, a beautiful, ornate chair, and Deuce has her hands around him. You see the henchman in the background. The, the, the spread is money. It's just pure money. It's beautiful. Dap, do you agree? I do agree. 100%. I I loved it. It was um but I'm I'm remarked for this stuff. You have you have alternate earths and um analogs or or 
mirror images of 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 other characters and um i mean yes it 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 may have you may have felt that um the the grim and gritty aspect of it but it was to prove a point they 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 really wanted to sell you on on uh on this world um but it also showcases how um naive and young and gullible the earth earth alpha is and uh, i i think playing them off each other worked really well and you know yeah and and to go at it with a a batman style character with a sidekick um i it was almost as if pyre just was like you know i i want to write a comic book I want you to like it, so just tell me what it is I should put in it, and and I just could go down a checklist. I I really between between the story, Jamal's art, uh, Jamal and Juan, and it just it. I didn't know what to expect. I saw the cover, and I says, okay, you know that that, that that's pretty nifty. And once I started reading it, I I just I couldn't put it down. I I, I read it and. I was so I had a smile on my face. I just I really really liked this issue. Yeah. Well, here's here's the deal. I did not pre-order this. I bought it at uh, Comics on the Green. Immedi- mm-hmm. Immediately after reading it, I sent DCBS a message saying I want number two, and I number three is on this month's previews order form. Mm-hmm. So I and I put it on my pull list. I'm not going to miss an issue of this. Well, that's high praise indeed. Yeah, um, I'm. I, yes, maybe I am, Mister Hyperbole. But from where I sit right now, this is the de- debut of the year for me. Hmm. This is the 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 best launch I've read so far of any book. Um, the character designs are amazing, and and you know I appreciated the fact that the they could have very easily gone with a silver age style of line for the earth alpha and uh, earth, yeah. earth omega did a little like frank miller pastiche maybe or you know uh even even Mazzucchelli would have worked for earth omega but they didn't the only thing they changed for earth omega was the color palette it's it's very drab and dark and i mean it befits the 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 the, the world right it's raining um and on Earth Alpha, it's very bright. The color palettes, it's its just impeccable. This thing is a, is a conceptual, they have it locked up. It, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I cannot praise this thing more highly than I, it's just, it's, it, it won me over. Well, I love hearing you give, uh, give some love to a book by Juan as well, because he's a No Apologies family. Yeah, and you know what? Real talk, he's a beast. The the he is the, a very very good at this. The craft. textures really in this book and yeah. the shadows, uh, even the the contour lines are just phenomenal. He did a, he did a great job on this. the The team of Igel and uh, Castro, wow, it's a they're they're a powerhouse team. Mm-hmm. This looks as good as anything from the big two. Yes. It it really does, and that's which is why that that that's the kind of itch it's scratching for me. It's it's one of those things why because it's it's no secret my 
the love of crisis and and the whole variant and this is the kind of stuff that dc has at at their finger had at their fingertips and then they just keep screwing things up from time to time but it these are the kind of i mean this was this took me back to the annual justice league of america jsa team-ups this this is just this gave me that feeling where i'm just I'm, i'm getting i mean granted it's not like these two earths knew of each other and and have team ups from time to time. I mean, this was this is definitely um, a switch and mistaken identity kind of thing, and I want to see how that plays out. And, and we're going to see um, Dragonfly um, get acclimated to Dragonfly Man's role on on Earth Alpha, and it's it's yeah, it's I I just I really really enjoyed this more yeah. than I ever expected to. I have a number of hopes for this series. I hope it's an ongoing. But if it's not an ongoing, I hope they run with the Earth Alpha premise and give us a line of books. Earth Alpha colon, you know, the ferret or something. You know what I mean? Let's see other heroes from Earth Alpha. Mm-hmm. I also hope that they explain where the mirror came from. And who put it there? I mean, you just don't have a magic mirror laying in mm-hmm. the corner. You know what I mean? If it's a if it's a number one thing, I don't know. If it it I, I'm guessing it's not a number one thing because if it was, he would have used it. If you can come over to a, a world where you're this dark, destructive force, and you, you walk into this world, and it's just innocent lives ripe for the picking i mean i guess he would have used it in the past or or prior to the events in this book so it that's the mystery like who put the mirror there where did it come from is it magic are there other characters on these earths that you know is there a justice league equivalent on these earths like i want to see more Mm -hmm. of these these characters but um and and the more i look at it that eagle has a little bit of mcguire in him in the facial yeah. expressions in in this book. I mean, they're just, when the kid said, uh, when number one comes and he says, you know, what are you doing alive? And the kid's like, well, why wouldn't I be alive? That face is amazing. His, his one eye is slightly closed and the other one's yeah. wide open. He's got this Billy Idol kind of a little bit of a, like, what? You know, it's just, ah, it's amazing. And, and were, um, McGuire is definitely someone i saw and and there are parts of it that reminded me of uh of Derek robertson but it's um yeah it it's it's still it's still jamal still reminds me of the work he's done with um black mask and um the um i mean the line force stuff and there was the um of course molly danger but i mean even going back to it's it's not it doesn't look like um it's not like he 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 stopped drawing Firestorm last month and then this came out. It, it, there's there's mm-hmm. definite growth here and and it, it all for the better and it just I mean, he knows what he's doing and and that he can shine on something like this or, or a book like this can make use of his talents. Just he he seems to be a because of his background because of his um, because he does do superheroes well. I think this was a real good fit for him, and and yeah. so you have you have a superhero character, you have a new superhero character, two Earths, and you're getting somebody who did work for DC. It just it it really kind of just it it's it's a real 
good launch for a new a new publisher and a new series. I I, I think it's a home run. Yeah, the the splash page when they come out of the uh, the trap and Dragonfly Man's standing there and he's got his hands on his hips and Stinger's doing the old punch in his palm. I would buy that yep. page. I would buy that page because I think it's it's amazing. It's it's just plain perfect. The way the panels are, are askew and the the horizon line is at an angle. It's it's great. I love it. It is. Yep. Yep. So, yes. What were you gonna say? Just that. That's not the only story you get in this right, issue. Right. 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 Uh, there is a stinger backup that is drawn in faux old style or golden age style by uh, Paul Constant was the writer and Frank Camuso was the illustrator. And it's kind of neat. It's very cartoony, but it it features uh, Stinger's adventures with a, uh, in a, in a uh, carnival circus type um, atmosphere. And he goes into a fortune teller and the fortune teller is not, exactly what he thinks the fortune teller is it's pretty cool it is it's it's a uh it it it, and it felt just straight up like something from the um from a 1940s superhero anthology just the old jsa's type yeah. stuff um he got a couple interview interviews one with uh, jamal yep one with uh stewart moore um and a three-page well, that... text piece from yeah. Morrison. Right, which I'm not going to go into detail about. But, I mean, you really... This this was packed. This was this was a real good first issue. 40 pages, three ninety nine. Can't beat it. And do, you, do you know anything about the publisher? You said it's their first... Do you know? Yeah, they tell you they tell you about it in the uh, in the issue. Right after mm-hmm. the, um, I'm, I'm getting to it here. Right after the, the main story, you get yeah. a uh, a text page that uh, pretty much uh, lays it out. The publisher's Hart Seeley. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, well, I, I'm not going to spoil the beans. Read the text piece. It's it's in there. <laughs> no, it would be silly for me to 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 tell him because I think it's a. It's a uh, it's a cool um, addition to the book. It'd be, you're not going to read this issue in um, a half hour. It's going to take you more than that, just because it's so text heavy in the back. The um, the pages that the three pages that Morrison wrote would take you about you know 15 minutes to read alone. And, I mean, it's Morrison, so it's it's kind of yeah. dense. And then you get uh, there's a Q and A with Jamal, and there's a Q and A with Stewart, and it's it's loaded. And there's a Shannon Wheeler too much coffee man cartoon in the the back page. It's it's awesome. That's all I can say. This thing was a, a complete home run. And I'm I'm looking forward to uh, checking out Captain Ginger. I mean, I know you talked about it when yeah. when a couple weeks ago, but uh, and I did see it in previews. But um, knowing that uh, Ahoy is is publishing it, and they have and they have a few things coming out. I mean, they're not um, they're not shy about making sure you're they're, you're going to see them on the shelves. You're going to see you got Captain Ginger, you got of course the Wrong Earth, you've got High Heaven, Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Terror. Yep. So I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what they're uh, 
what they got going on in the coming months. Yeah. I was already down for the Poe and the Captain Ginger. Of course you I, were. I already pre-ordered those with his, uh-huh. with, with number one of, of both of them. But in in seeing just how much quality was was put into this first offering from Ahoy Comics with this The Wrong Earth, I, again, on that very same message I sent to DCBS, I said, I want issues one and two of High Heaven, too. And I ordered, pre-ordered the third. I'm down for all these Ahoy books. If if this issue is any indication of what's going to be coming out of this company, I want it all. Understandable. Yep. I ain't waiting for the trade either. Not happening. Should you? Not happening. So, um, too gigantic. If if all my fingers were thumbs, it wouldn't approximate how much I enjoyed this issue. I thought it was. Ph- yeah, I thought it was phenomenal. It it it's it right in the middle of my wheelhouse. I want more Earth Alpha books. If if the big two put out books comparable to Earth Alpha, I'll buy them all. I want that lighthearted, just rollicking, fun superheroics. I, it, it's it's like a breath of fresh air. And, but to, but to see a character from that status quo put into a darker status quo, like that's cool. That's that's the conceptual hook that I just can't ignore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there we go. Oops, you know what I didn't do? I didn't do the show notes. My goodness. Need something to give to the patrons. So there we go. What else we got? What you got, Bo? Um, you know, it's a weird couple days, man. Like, everything I read, first of all, it's all pretty much in the middle of arcs. But I feel like in many cases, I was left either a little bit confused or not quite as gripped as um, I maybe was at the start of some of these things. And uh, it was a bit of a frustration, if I'm being honest. Like, um, like Farmhand, I, I just, uh, I feel like after the third issue, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I know you're reading it too, David. I, I, I didn't I just feel like, I thought it was really quirky and, and interesting at, at at the start, and I guess it still is, but it's starting to feel a bit one note. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I'm feeling why I should care much about the characters because they all seem so ridiculous and over the top. Um, I, it's hard not to compare this to um, to Chew, and big difference here, of course, being Rob Guillory drew both, but Rob is writing this, whereas. Uh, John Lehman wrote Chew, and I'm wondering if now that we're getting a little bit into this series, I'm starting to see why John Lehman should be the writer of, you know, was the, was, was the, or rather, I guess I'm starting to see Guillory's inexperience as a writer because, um, it feels meandering, um, to me at this point. I just, I don't have a tether. I, I don't. I don't feel like I'm I feel less engaged in figuring out what's going to happen after the second and third issue than I did after the first. So kind of a, a whiff. I mean, I'll, I'll continue it through for the arc and see if if, it, if he sticks the landing of the arc. I hope so, because um, I do enjoy his art. But uh, but yeah, it just didn't didn't do it for me. And I know this can be blasphemy 
because I am the flag bearer of this gentleman's work. But I think for the first time ever, I'm going to move on from a Rick Remender series. I, 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 Death or Glory is just doing nothing for me. Wow. It's just nothing. Uh, it, it's, it's, I find it completely uninteresting. I, I don't, I don't like the, I don't care for the characters. I don't, I really don't care for Bengals artwork. Um, it's just, it's just, uh, I could take it or leave it. And I got too many books on my two read list and in my comic room that I'm, I'm desperate to read that I'm not going to stick around for a take it or leave it book for me. Wow. But you no, guys both that. seem to be of disagreement there. Well, no, I, and, and I don't, and, and we don't have to do a whole point counterpoint type thing because if, if you're not feeling something, no one's going to, I don't, I'm not about to change anybody's mind. I read up to the fourth issue and I, the first issue really hooked me. I, I like Bengals artwork on this, the characters. I'm not, I'm not, enamored by every single character there are a couple that i kind of roll my eyes about and then of course you got the whole thing with the fucking sheriff and the deputy whatever the hell's going on there but there are um it it's it's not the snappiest or um i clean is is not really the word i'm trying to say but it's not the cleanest remender story i've read whereas and not the black science it, it if you just kind of like black science is is going in a bunch of different directions but it's still easy to follow and and you 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 know who the characters are whereas here it's there's a lot going on and some of it doesn't feel like it's really moving the story along mm-hmm. like like I really care about glory I wanted to do right and 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 take care of red and I want to know more about the people in her 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 extended family than I really do about her ex husband and and the kind of shady shit that these you know organ donor people. I just did the whole thing with the 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 Puritan twins. I just there are just some things where it almost feels like and and it, this may sound like I'm coming down on it, but I really do like the book. But this is it. It's almost like I'm reading it. And it's like ideas that Remender had for other books that they just kind of all ended up here and he's just going to try to make it work. And, and I think, I think the artwork is really um, doing more to keep me on than, than the story Rick is doing. But uh, yeah, no, we will. So we'll, we don't see eye to eye on that. Yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't, um, I am not current on Farmhand. I, I still have to read the second issue. So um, Now, is that because the first didn't grab you all that much? or No, and just basically, just like you said, there is so much yeah. else that, that we're reading. And, and had it, depending on what else came out that week that I was mm-hmm. reading for the show, I, I don't know and why it didn't make it to, to, to the stack right. that week. But then it just, as, as weeks go by, we get more stuff put on it so but yeah it, it's and i think i'll probably just shotgun the last few issues just to catch up to see if it is something i'm going to stick with mm-hmm. yeah i mean not to be a downer but i was going to keep it 100 it was kind of one of those where a couple of these series you know you read the first issue you get all hype and then you you, you keep going with it and you're like i don't know like i just yeah i don't know i feel you you know it's 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 easy to um it is easy to move on or at least put it aside doesn't mean that it's gone forever. It can pick back up. One of you could rave about it. People in the the Facebook group or the Slack could could 
could say, oh, I'm, I should have stickled with it, and I can come back on it, and, and it could redeem. Who knows? Um, such is life, right? Um, I also caught up on Jason Aaron's Avengers. So oh, nice. seven, seven was amazing. Yeah, keep well, going. yeah. So okay, so I'm glad you bring you bring that up because um, Aaron, much like Rick, is an, a writer who I, I generally don't think can do much wrong, um, and I think Aaron uh, has proven himself to be capable of writing fantastic stories in all measure of genre. So um, when it was announced that he was going to be taking over uh, my favorite Marvel team. I thought it was a no-brainer, and I still think that. Um, I think we talked about the first or after the first or second issue of the series. This was a story. Well, the first six issues, the first arc jumped back and forth between one million BC and modern times, and it was a conceit that Aaron came up with that many of the core Avengers, or not even, yeah, I guess, yeah, the, the core Avengers or some of the the core Marvel characters are essentially totems and that they have their legacy heroes in essence. Um, and I, I, I gotta be frank. I don't, I don't vibe with it. Comics are meant to be ridiculous as your shirts say Vince. And, and ultimately this bit of continuity will be forgotten for all of us who don't care to think of it that way. And for those that really dig it more power to you, but it just didn't quite work for me as a premise, this idea that there was a, a, a an original Black Panther who was, uh, you know, and then Phoenix was Odin's lover and Odin was there. I mean, of all of them, Odin being there is the only one that made sense because he is immortal. Um, um, I, I just, the idea of there being Agamotto there, because it was one million BC, so I, I don't know why Agamotto would be a humanoid and on Earth, but whatever. Um there's a, a star brand that was a Cro-Magnon. It just <laughs> like, it was clever. Like some of those things sound clever unto themselves, but it just it felt a little forced to me. I don't know. Um, but it did serve as a vessel to juxtapose the importance of the celestials and their role in the creation of earth and humanity. And Jason has never, been shy about going big and in essence, and I'm going to have to give spoilers here because I don't know how to talk about it without, without, without getting into it. Uh, his contention is that we exist essentially as a antidote for a viral parasitic species that was laying waste to the celestial beings, including the ex, uh, including the, um, the, uh, Celestials. Um, he, he, they basically were getting their asses whooped by this and figured they needed to create something that would be unpredictable and powerful and random enough to eradicate this parasite. And that ended up being Earth and, and ended up being humanity. So bold move to reshape the very nature of our existence um, totally fine with the modern stuff, and I should mention Ed McGinnis and Mark Morales were the were the art team for the first arc. Um, definitely don't mind the cosmic, don't mind the battling of the celestials, and don't mind the 
idea of uh, of of the Avengers helping pull through there. So it was an okay first arc. There were definitely moments that I enjoyed. I, I thought, not surprisingly, Aaron's characterizations of the core Avengers were terrific. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing him work more with these characters. Now, admittedly, a bunch of them he has had a lot of time working with in the past. Doctor Strange, Thor, Ghost Rider Chief among them. Um, so I think there'll be a I think as we as as we get further into his his run, it's going to become something I, I covet. Um now, as Vince mentioned, issue number seven is the um is not the start of the second arc, really. It's it's more of a an interstitial, uh, it, it, I, I, of sorts. I, I guess. Um, tell me if you disagree, but I took it to be more of an interstitial. Yeah. Um, it is called Fire and Bone, uh, also written by Jason, but art by Sarah Pacelli, with uh, Elisabetta D'Amico as the inker, and we get the story of the first Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. And the first, the first Ghost Rider was early man, surprisingly 1 million BC. <laughs> and we see how he is, uh, how he is born. And I won't go into spoiling this much, but I will say that there are some, uh, some familiar tropes from the Marvel mythology. There are also some new things woven in, but I do think Pacelli looks great here. I think she she is this is the kind of work she is at her best with. And anytime you're finishing you're giving me a a a a, a splash page with uh a woolly mammoth engulfed in flames being ridden by the spirit of vengeance, I'm okay with that. Like yeah. that's that's okay because that's and and who he fights makes all the sense in the world and is beautifully illustrated. So um and the first chain uh, of penance <laughs> that is is fantastic. Um, yeah. I'll, 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 the, the the choice of the material used for the chain link is fantastic. So really enjoyed the seventh issue. Um, and and don't know that I ever thought I needed the origin of the Ghost Rider, but I'm damn happy that I had it. Right. And this was a great palate cleanser for me because although this was set in essence, this is a prequel to the arc we just got. Um, I, I took it as a standalone and enjoyed it quite a bit. Now, I, as you can imagine, I, I very much hope that we're done with this 1 million BC stuff. I hope that is not a recurring underpinning of Jason's longer-term arc. Um, that would bum me out. I think it's going to be. I do, too. So I'm, I'm, I'm keeping hope alive, though. Okay. This is the level of quality that Pacelli should have brought to the Fantastic Four. Yes. It, mm-hmm. it looks like a different artist. Yep. And, you know, there's there's one teensy slip up, and I don't even, I hazard to call it that, but the splash page with the Ghost Rider on the Mammoth, I think is the most lackluster page in the issue. Hilarious. I love that page. The, the Mammoth is just walking. It's right. just doop 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 with this with the Ghost Rider and it's on flames. It should be barreling in. You, that's true. You know, right, you sh- it should that. be kicking up snow. Like just like, give me yeah, some action. True. And it's just this stagnant kind of tepid. 
it's it's not bad. There's more detail in the mountains behind them. Like, who cares about the mm-hmm. mountains? Show me this giant creature on fire. Give me a, an ant's perspective looking up at the giant feet as it just tears across the landscape. But it's just walking. It's not even kicking up any snow. Like, I don't know. It it doesn't do the reveal any justice. It, it This mm-hmm. should be like a holy shit moment, right? And it's not. But the rest of it's phenomenal. It's just that yes. one page that so it's just, eh, whatever. But I liked it a lot. I, I thought I thought this was the strongest issue in the run so far. I agree. I'm glad you thought so as well. Yeah. 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 Sweetness. Yeah. I mean, listen, not every comic when you read hundreds is going to curl your toes. Right. You know. And to, to be fair, I don't put as much weight on anything Avengers as you do. If sure. if a writer comes on with a with a crack team of, of visual stylists, I'm good with it. They could do whatever they want. I don't have mm-hmm. the I don't carry the baggage with Avengers that I do with Spider Man. You know, sure. they got to hit all the the right buttons when it, when it comes to Peter Parker. I don't care what they do with Cap and Thor, mm-hmm. like whatever. Just just enter, entertain me and, and it's great. I'm 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 happy. So yeah, I'm I'm a, a bit of an easier sell on this than, than sure. you would be. Indeed. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, it was good. There you go. So what else we got? Well, I got something else that I think is uh if it wasn't for uh the wrong earth, this would be the the big bada boom book of the week for me. Mm-hmm. And it's from Image. Okay. It's called Cemetery Beach, number one. Did you guys read it? No, not yet. It's pretty damn awesome. Mm, yep. It's it's all set up though, and it's very it's very simple. Um, written by Warren Ellis, illustrated by Jason Howard, who has never looked better. Um, and I said published by Image. There's a man being interrogated in the beginning, um, and he gives it up very easily he's like you know what i'm not a big fan of torture and i'm pretty sure it doesn't work all that well so let's cut to the chase anything you want to know i'm going to tell you and the uh, person interrogating him is he's smoking and he's he's like wait what he's like no 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 really i'll tell you anything you want to know just lay it all out um and by the way much respect for rolling your own cigarettes and throughout the (laughs) throughout the dialogue this this person his name's michael blackburn keeps commenting about the fact that this military person rolls his own cigarettes um and ellis is was smart because he gives you the backstory in the interrogation meaning that michael blackburn confesses to everything that he's been doing he's captured um he's a force recon agent which means he's plopped into unknown territory, gets the lay of the land, you know, mentally surveys everything, gets gets everything down, and he goes back to his commanding officers with a, a sit rep. That's his, his deal. Um, he doesn't like getting into the, the, the firefights. He doesn't want to risk his life. He's like a clandestine espionage dude, goes in there, susses it out, and he's gone, right? But he was captured. And... 
He said, you know, in, we, we know that in 1920, a bunch of scientists and fat cat money men, they found a way to travel off world. And 10 years later, through a scattershot process of trial and error, they actually found a habitable planet. So these people that have left Earth found a planet and they colonized it. And they keep getting these supply ships from Earth. Problem is, the president of this colony doesn't want this information getting back to Earth because if it does, the jig's up. And much time has passed because the the man interrogating Blackburn has no idea what a cell phone is or a computer. He's, the progress has proceeded far differently on this colony than it did on Earth. They don't, they, he's, he doesn't believe that a device that you can put in your pocket can give you the weather and, you know, the stock market and communicate. And he, when, when Blackburn tells him that a computer is about the size of a book, he's like, get, get out of here. But, but it was all a ruse, the, the whole dialogue with, about the cigarette and he keeps wanting a cigarette. You know, I'll tell you everything that you want to know. I would really like one of those cigarettes. And the, the military guy's like, you know, we're going to kill you, right? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that. Just can I have a cigarette, please? And he gives him the cigarette. And when he goes to light it, that's when Michael springs into action, kills the dude, runs out of the room, and he's on this foreign planet, doesn't know the lay of the land, so he needs somebody to show him the way to his ship and that's where grace moody comes in she's also a prisoner and she's a typical not typical but she's in the the ellis mold she's a, a wise cracking um cocky ass mf you know and they team up and find the ship and they're pursued and there's much fighting and explosions and it's i thought this issue was great it just set everything up wonderfully like i said jason howard who I'm familiar with. Um, the Wolfman stuff was great. This is a different style for him, I think. It's a more gritty, very brushy. It's, it's if you took his old stuff and mixed it with a little bit of Gabe Hardman and a little bit of uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. So I thought it was a, a visual treat as well. I could see this being made into, if not a TV show, but a, a great movie so far. I don't know where it's going to go, but the premise is, is pretty awesome that we have this colony somewhere of, of people who have absconded from the earth without anybody knowing about it, and they don't want to be detected, and now someone knows, and he's trying to get back to earth. It's great. It's, it's an action movie in the making. Yeah. Blackburn's a big dude, very muscular, but... Um, this would work well for Bruce Willis. I could see Bruce Willis in this role. And it's, you know, if you've read a lot of Warren Ellis, you know what to expect. The dialogue is punchy and sarcastic and sardonic, and there's lots of violence and lots of people getting killed. And it's, I thought it was wonderful. I'm surprised you guys didn't, I mean, it's Warren Ellis. Did it, did it? Fall off the radar? Or um, yeah, this just—I mean, I, I this was off my radar until you mentioned it. I, I, uh, I just missed it. I don't know. It's didn't even remember that it was coming out. I had not even remembered that I ordered it. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's just all right. I th- I thought it was great. I'm looking forward to it. I just yeah, it's it's something that um, I wasn't aware of. I, I must I definitely missed the solicit and uh, I just completely blanked on it. So I will. Now that you mentioned it, and I think it, it's been um, brought up on the Facebook group as well. But yeah, I'll um, I will check it out. Unlike many Warren Ellis works, the main character is very likable. So far. Oh, wow. So far, okay. anyway. Yeah. I don't... He Yes, he kills, but it's in the line of duty. So it, it's either allow these people to, to kill him or he kills them. So, you know, so it's... I mean, I, that's justified in my... From my vantage point. But he's... I mean, he's not going around, you know killing babies not that you know, there's that ellis mold for his heroes like they, they they do have some um admirable qualities but they always have that that worm in the apple that darkness in the in the character so far this character doesn't have it yet for me which i hope he discards that approach for this because i would just like to see not a squeaky clean warren ellis hero but at least someone you know who's not despicable on some level right Mm. yeah good stuff well i don't know about grace grace could be a total she could be a serial killer who knows because when he does find her she's locked up and there had been have been a reason for her being locked up so she could be reprehensible i don't know yet we don't know but it 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 remains to be seen good stuff i got you yeah i i don't have to like all the characters in a book but you know it, it would be nice for there just to be one person who who isn't a total dickhead and i guess that's what we're getting so far with this michael blackburn i mean ellis has me gun shy we've read the majority of his stuff and it's always there's always those people in the ellis's stories that are just like oh god you don't want to see them win you don't want to see them lose you just don't want to see them you know because there's something there's something just just nasty there's a nastiness to them that doesn't afford any kind of um, compassion, I guess, or or at least just meeting on, on an even keel. But this guy's cool. He's, he's he's fun. I want to see him succeed. Oh, nice. Yeah, and great visuals. I put a bunch up again. Come to the the, the web page, eleven You could see images pulled from this issue, and you'll be like, "Oh, gots to have this because it's pretty <laughs> damn beautiful." Yeah. The um, past couple of days, there hasn't been a whole lot of reading. Um, and like Jason, the few things that I, I have been able to read um, aren't really ending of st- stories ending or, or, or jumping on points. So it's it's um, one of uh, a walk through hell is very much like the first three issues. This is number four. Um and we're still getting a little bit more information on um, very little information on the serial killer that uh, our FBI um, agents are are after. Um, and then, of course, there's the story taking place in the warehouse still, and and whether it, it's just it's still um, it's there is one extremely um 
off-putting panel. It's a splash page of all things where um, Agent Shaw finds a um, finds a jacket, a hooded um, winter coat, hanging on a pole, and she goes to reach for the um, for the hood. And when she pulls the hood down, we're we're, we're seeing it from. Um, She's behind it, so we're seeing it where we're facing her, but inside the coat is basically a, a headless torso. And it's just so that, oh, oh, oh. that that's what's like propping the cool. the the jacket up. But um and there's a little bit more backstory between between the agents and um why they're doing what they're doing and, and, and how um they might have to be on the shady side in order to bring this person to um to justice but uh according to the previews the this arc i guess ends with issue six or so and um and then uh, the next i think it's seven is in the latest previews and a um a new arc starts so i there isn't much to talk about with that issue and the other one was Wait, before um, we move on sure am i i'm drawing a blank who who does a walk through hell holy crap i'm sorry it's it's still um it's the uh it's the Garth, Garth Ennis story with um, art by where did I go? Um, the artist is Goran uh, Suzuka. Oh, is this Aftershock? Yes, it's Aftershock. Oh, okay. Um, the I, I gotta read this. Yes, you do. You do. I, I think I think you would enjoy it. It's not. It's um, it's it's weird because it's. You know, when I think of Garth, I think of I think of the Punisher naturally, but then of course there's also the Boys, which has its uh, superhero elements to it. Not that that's really not what Garth is known for. This kind of feels more like an an Ellis story than a Garth story. Oh, and, I can and, see. Yeah. Um, so it's, but it it's I'm I'm it's it's awkward for me to say I'm liking it because it's it's a it's a dark story and there isn't a lot to really be happy about in the issue but i'm i'm entertained by it and and they're doing um they're doing a solid job in in bringing this story um and just telling this story so i'm it's it's not really something you could talk about as as it's going on but i'm looking forward to see how this particular arc ends and um going into it further um the other one which was a little bit of a letdown art wise which is weird because i think there was some time between issues but days of hate number seven did not look all that hot um this of course is the uh alish coat story with um art by why do they always move the damn credits page um I'm going to mispronounce his name because I did it on Star of Two, but it's uh, Danigel Cezaj uh, and uh, Jordi Belair on colors. Um, issue number seven out of a 12-issue series. Again, this is just another one that moves things along, but the the issue kicks off by um, Strange Bedfellows, more or less. The... Uh, the person who 
has betrayed, I don't know if you could call her the heroine of the story, but um, one of the rebels, for lack of a better term, uh, her her wife has, um, has appears to have betrayed her and has uh, is now sharing a bed with the person she betrayed her wife to. So it, it's, but he's also, he's still married with a kid. And it, so obviously he's not um, on the up and up either. It's just, um, we're seeing cracks and, and, and other layers in on, on these characters. But uh, this was kind of a, this issue kind of meandered a bit there with a couple of panels here and there, as far as getting a little bit more info on, um, on a character, there wasn't, there wasn't a whole, the, the things that happened in this issue could have been said in a conversation in a, uh, over a couple of panels in another issue. I, I, I don't think we needed a whole issue of this, especially, and, and it pains me to say it because of how, how, good i think the earlier issues looked how um how just it's it's almost like some of the panels were blown up they were drawn digitally and then just blown up to fill up the page it just it the the lines are thick and just and and um it just it does not i am not a fan of the art in this issue but it's uh we're we're past the halfway point, so I'm I'm really interested to see how this all blows up for everybody involved. Um, but basically, I'm I I I'm glad Alesh is also writing the new world because that is something that I'm able to at least um, enjoy a lot more, mostly because of the art, but also because of the characters in the story. So. Um, yeah, that that's kind of it's it's weird. I, I I'm I'm bummed that at least to me that, that this. Thankfully for Vince, we're all. I mean, he's talking about positive things, but I, I just the few things that I was able to read, I, it just it didn't knock me on my ass the way other things have recently. It's okay because the this show has to or should reflect. Not only the truth, but our current reading habits, right? So yeah, if, if I just, something comes on the radar, it doesn't really float your boat. You know what I mean? You don't go an hour and a half deep on telling right. people why, but you got to tell yes, them that, that's, this, you know, it wasn't feeling it. And, I, I and, do. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, and and if, if um, I mean, if everything was constantly knocking out of the park, then we wouldn't have the other things. To pra- if everything's praiseworthy, then... Nothing really is all that special. So, well, I think it's very close to time where we need to start giving Pepe Larraz, um, like upcoming greatness status. Because remember, he was a key part of the visuals behind our all mutual love for uh, the Avengers event. Oh, the No Surrender. Yes. Yep. Of no surrender, he was the main, one of the main artists in that run, and he is the artist in Extermination, which is the five-part X-Men event, 
that is written by Ed Brisson, and we talked about the first issue with Caleb when he was on the show as a guest, and I thought the second issue was fantastic. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I mean, LaRaz's art is incredible. I'm telling you, he looks like, to me, he looks like Quapel and Imanen were put in a cage until they were able to procreate. It's a long damn out, time. Out, 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 I know. <laughs> out came Pepe Larraz. It's. I think his art is phenomenal, and unfortunately, I'm pretty sure he's digital. So, hurts my heart. But either way, um, Vince, I, I presume you have almost no intention to have to read this at least anytime soon, right? Before you opened your damn mouth, no, I did mm. not have any intention to read. Wait, it. What do you mean? Well, now that you're praising it so much and you're saying the art's phenomenal, oh. I got to read it. Well, it, this may or this may either bring you in or it may push you out. The do they well, kill Cable? The, the main antagonist is young Cable, Kid Cable. Kid Cable. Kid Mate? Cable. The the is it the Ascani son or is it another incarnation of? of cable? I. That's an excellent question, and they haven't they haven't indicated that so far. It, it, yeah. it could well be the Scotty sound, but I, I, they haven't specifically said it. Um, well, now that you said the C word, I'm bound to. But here's it. the thing. I think it makes sense, at least so far, because remember, this is supposed to be the event that finally puts the original X-Men from Bendis, is, that Bendis brought forward in time, back, back out of the picture. So, in a way, having another time-shifted version, a young version at that, of another major... X character makes some sense to me. Um, but I think any event, much like with Avengers uh, No Surrender, this has to, if you're going to do an event, it has to feel big. And so far, this feels big. And I have to say that Brisson did a great job of bringing in things that the old timers like me love. Um, in this case, uh, we've got Ahab and the Hounds, and did it in a way that. Uh, so it means something to us, but he certainly goes and certainly, and he does a great job of explaining who Ahab is and who the hounds are. So if, if you're a younger reader and you're not that familiar, you don't need to be. Um, there's a double page spread in this that if Pepe wasn't a digital artist, I would die to have. It's everybody in uh, Xavier's office in a little family meetup as they try and figure out what's going on because, yes, as you alluded, uh, Cable was killed. As was Bloodstorm, who has been uh, a member of X-Men for a bit now. She's the vampire version of Storm that came from one of the other universes, but was trapped here after uh, um, the Battle World stuff uh, happened. But uh, in any event, it's got all the current X characters that we've been running around in blue and red and gold. And they, uh, they have a family meeting and, and realize they have to get together to figure out what's going on. Um, Angel has been kidnapped by Kid Cable and uh, Rachel um, Rachel Summers of course who's from that future with Ahab and the Hounds uh, confronts Ahab and it is in fact the same Ahab so this is not some other version of Ahab Um, and we are left with a cliffhanger of we get to see another one of Ahab's main hounds and I won't say who it is but uh it's a force to be reckoned with. So the art's just jaw dropping. It's action packed. He doesn't chintz on any characters. I mean, when you have 20, 30 characters on a page, 
you 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 can and probably are justified in taking shortcuts. He does not do that. Um, it's it's a great mix. It's got you know you've got the, the the core characters, but then you've got people like Armor and Glob Herman and the Cuckoos, uh, and they're all rendered rendered beautifully. And none of them are superfluous. They all partake in the battles, which I appreciate greatly because I always wondered what it was the point of having half of these mutants just standing around watching these life or death battles. So, um, so far so good. It's a, uh, it's a five issue series, uh, bi-weekly. So number three comes out, I believe this Wednesday. Yeah, I think so. I think this Wednesday. So home run so far. I have questions, please. How did cable die this time? Kid cable killed him in this book. Mm Mm-mm. It, it references the book in another book, mm. a precursor to this. Oh, like this has been being this is the build this has been being built up to. Oh, okay. So this is the, the there have been instances that have played out in other X books leading up. Yeah. To this. And by the way, I wouldn't. I, <sighs> I'm pretty sure, like ninety nine percent sure, that good old Cable's back soon. Oh, I'm sure. You know yeah. what? It just it takes me off. Yes, I'm biased, but as far as the X universe goes, Cable should be the constant. Screw Charlie, <laughs> you know, Charlie comes and goes. Cable should always be there. He's the he protects the damn timeline. It, how could someone who could to whom time is fluid and malleable, how could he die? He'll just you know, it's just uh, Yes, I love Cable, and I don't think anyone should ever touch Cable. Cable should be the rock that tethers the X-Men universe to the Marvel continuity. It just doesn't make sense that they, they better give me a damn good reason why this young version of Cable is going around doing all this bad shit. It just, oh, they will. Of course, that's the whole point. They're, they're, I doubt he's a pure villain, just like Cable wasn't a pure villain. Or Cable, isn't a pure villain. Yeah, he was never a villain. No, I mean, but but pers- but traveling through time, he's probably got a mission that involves saving his reality so right um and i should have mentioned that one of the best least appreciated mutants of all time mr calvin rankin aka mimic makes an appearance <laughs> great oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> oh that just in as much as he gets darted in the neck knocked out and kidnapped by kid cable hmm yeah, I was looking at the covers of this upcoming covers. Un- oh, go ahead. Uh, the upcoming Uncanny relaunch. Mm-hmm. It appears to me that ja- Jamie Madrox is the villain. Yes, that is what they allude. Yes. See, that's okay. I don't mind that. So I've read the first issue of Multiple Man. I have the next two issues. I haven't read them, but the premise there was that Jamie died. Quotes. And yeah. And and the clone that there are clones that are somehow still alive, but the the actual Jamie is dead. And so, what does that mean? Because it was always believed that his clones couldn't survive without him. That he right. was the so. It's a surely an interesting premise, though, right? Don't call me Shirley. Uh, but yeah, but no, two two big thumbs up for extermination. I have to say, for all of the exhaustion that we and probably the industry have with these events. I don't mind these book specific events, right? Mm-hmm. Give me a five issue series that is grand in scope, but it doesn't tie into 20 other books and I'm good. That's the way to do it. 
that's the way to do it because yes. it's it's badass and it's 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 grandiose and then it's over. It's not going to spill into Amazing Spider-Man. Right. You know, they're not telling us it's going to change the Marvel universe forever. Right. Yeah. Love and it. I, I think they've learned their lesson in it to a certain degree, and just they saw what No Surrender did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it didn't do super gangbusters as far as sales go, but it was critically almost unanimously well received. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you can instill some kind of excitement with these little tiny pocket things that's the way to do it like no one enjoys this massive event and they have to decide whether or not they're going to follow it into the the tributaries you know what i mean right i that's that's a sure sign of of me pulling out when they do that <laughs> you said pull out i did i did uh, jason you said that um cable was killed in another book Yes, I believe so. He was killed in the first issue of this. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was one of the X-Men books. No. Okay, well, there you go. Well, cool. Now, okay. this makes me want to read it even more because I don't have See, to... See, this is the problem of reading all the X-Books and never talking about them because yeah. I am reading blue, gold, and red, but we never talk about them, so I do I, not blend them together. I got to say, Jean Grey's costume's horrible. It's horrible. She looks like a frumpy milf. This Just the way it was designed with the... the it's like I got a built-in paunch, and it does nothing for her hair. I don't know. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's a, no, it's, it's not my favorite either. No, yeah. no. She, you know, with Jean Grey, you, you should ex- accentuate the, the assets, right? And I don't think that costume does that. Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever. But what is? You, you're making the, the X-Universe sound more enticing to me than it has in the recent past so well let me be very blunt and say that the uh, the x universe also includes at, at present and i'm i don't have a list here i'm doing this off my head you've got x-men gold x-men blue x-men red i'm not going to include astonishing because that's its own little standalone trouble souls the greatest writer since ever thing <laughs> um but you've got those three x-men books you've got x23 old man logan um, Iceman, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Gambit, Mr. and Mrs. X. Yeah. Uh, you've got Weapon X, Domino. You get the picture. There's, there's a, it's, it is still unwieldy. And I must tell you, as you guys know, on Slack, we keep a running list of things that we've read that we want to maybe talk about or willing to collaborate on. I have, I am up to date on X Men Blue, Red, and Gold. And if you said, Tell me about those right now. I would be hard pressed to, to to even tell you what's been going That's on. Not a good sign. No, I mean we're talking between them. We're talking almost seventy issues, and I, I can barely piece together just sitting here without notes what uh, what the key elements of the stories have been. It's rough. It's hard for a mutant out there these days. Well, hopefully they'll get things tight and right with this with this relaunch. But. See, it's a bit of a bit misleading because yes, Uncanny's coming back, but they're the other books are not going away, right? Yeah, they well the the X Men books are supposed to be going away. The solo books aren't going away, but right. So it's still not going to be tight and right, but there there will be one focus, which will be Uncanny. But then it's going to just get all muddy in the the other books. I don't know. It, it's it's hard. When, when when you're in the business to make money 
and to proliferate and keep the stands riddled with your product, it's kind of hard to, to, to pull back, you know. And I, I understand that, but there's just a point where it's just too much. Right. And I think the X-Men passed that mark decades ago when it was just too much. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't I don't know why I don't know why we can't just create new. And I know we've talked about this a million times, but it would be beautiful, yeah. Because I also am reading Weapon X, but mainly because Domino's in it, truth be told. Um and it's just terribly derivative. You know, it's it's in the last few issues you've had Sabretooth, who's the team leader, try and kill Old Man Logan because that's what they always do on Logan's birthday. And then they ran into Omega Red. And then they made friends with Omega Red because they had a mutual enemy in the uh, formerly known Soviet super soldiers, now known as the Winter Guard. And and then, but of course, Omega Red's still really bad. Then Mystique showed up. It's like, that's cool. I mean, I like all these characters, but... We've done that dance so many times. So many times. So many times. Like, yeah. Like Sabretooth versus Wolverine versus Omega Red. I feel like it's obligatory that in some B or C level Marvel X book each year we get that story. Yep. Yep. That's, you a, know? that's a sure out for me. When Omega Red pops up or Sabretooth, I'm out. I'm out. I, I think in, in, the, in recent memory, Sabretooth has been used effectively once. And it was in that Bocello run when Sabretooth gets the shit kicked out of him, comes back to the X-Men, and he's just like, I need help. That was a good use of Sabretooth because it right. was like if something can get Sabretooth this riled up, it's it's some big doings, right? But I just don't like seeing the guy. It's just what a, He's just like a low-rent Wolverine. Mm-hmm. But to, <laughs> your, to your point, though, if if we didn't get new – We'd never have Cable and Domino right. and Deadpool. Like, that was a wave of new back uh-huh, then. Yep. And, and we haven't seen creation like that in, in the X-Books for a long, long time. Yep. Maybe Grant Morrison's run? There were, there oh, was, of course. There sure. was, yeah, there was a little explosion of, of new mutants. But, mm-hmm. I mean, since then... I mean, there have been pockets. No, I mean, there have been, that's the thing. There, there are so... Since there are hundreds... There are pockets of good stories. Just like... But, but, but it's it's... It's subsumed, yeah. Because we, as mutant aficionados, those of us that claim to be, we keep reading all of the books. And if you're telling me you have a team, if you tell me you have X Men Blue, X Men Gold, and X Men Red, I understand from a marketing perspective why you are professing that they're all important. But then I'm going to read all three, and then what's going to happen is I'm going to come, I'm going to get lost because I'm going to be reading every character and every villain all at once, and they're going to be mashed up doing things I've seen them do a hundred times, and so I'm going to come away feeling like it's a chore, and none of it's really grabbing me. Now again, now but then but but there are exceptions because look at I just got done praising extermination. That's the same characters with Ahab and Cable and the. the those characters have been done before, but it, at least this is well executed. It's tight. It's focused. It's cogent. Yeah. It's I like not just word. by the numbers. Cogent. So love it. Yeah. My answer to the dilemma, you're going to know what I'm going to say. Anthology. Give me an X universe anthology, make it thick. And, you know, just to take 
away the the mental stress of saying, okay, I have X-Men Red, X-Men Blue, and X-Men Gold. I got to mm-hmm. buy these every month. What if there was one anthology, a triple-sized anthology, that did do what X-Men Blue, Gold, and Red do, but it's one book, right? And, and you could pull back on the, the page count with, like, you don't have to mm-hmm. give me 22 pages of red, 22 pages of blue, 22, mm-hmm. you know, just maybe 10 or 15 pages you know, around there. Put an anthology out, and there you go, bop. It, it, the, I know the goal is to keep these characters in print to retain the copyright on some of them. So there's your answer, an anthology. And, yes, anthologies don't sell. But if they're done well, they will sell. Mm-hmm. If you just sneak in a world-shaking event in an anthology, people are going to be like, oh, I guess these books do matter. I got to at least check them out. Whatever. Right, right. I mean, right. No, I get you. No, it's just, I, it, I love the anthology format. You may not love everything in, in the, the book, but you're getting a, a, a cross-section of a, a, a bunch of different things. So that works mm-hmm. for me. I've been saying DC should do a bad anthology and a Superman anthology for years. And I guess that's what we're getting with the Walmart books. But it's mm-hmm. that's an anthology of older stuff and some new stuff. But yeah, it's just I like picking up a book as in the days of a 100-page DC giant, and you never know what you're going to expect. Yeah, Superman and Batman are on the front, so I know I'm going to get a story featuring Superman and Batman, but this other stuff, this is cool. I, I, I've i never read this before. I, wow, this one worked. This one didn't. Okay, but it didn't cost me $12 mm-hmm. to buy. So no I, got doubt, a, no doubt. I got an update. Um, like I said before, this show reflects our current reading habits so i am not ashamed to bring however briefly i am a hero to the show again mm-hmm. i mean i just talked about it last episode but i did read volumes six and seven of the omnibus series i just want to say one thing i've been talking about i am a hero for a while and you may be asking yourself how is this different from every other zombie post-apocalyptic storyline well i'm gonna tell you Remember last episode I mentioned the cult of Caruso? Mm-hmm. Yes. That is that is the, the difference in I Am a Hero. This group of people who were communicating on a message board, one of them was Izaki. I told you the kid that they said, why don't you kill yourself? And he couldn't do it. They stopped him before he, he could do it. Well, volume six takes a turn in that we don't get Her- Hiromi and Hideo and Miss Oda, we don't get their adventures. We, The large part of the book, and it's hundreds of pages, is mm-hmm. filled with what happens to this kid, Izaki, after the cult of Kurusu got him and took him to their safe hold. Long story short, he gets bitten. He doesn't die. Well, he does die. Well, die is a relative term in, in I Am A Hero. He gets his ear bit off falls into an aqueduct and is submerged for a good period of time. So I'm, I'm guessing the kid died, right? But the ZQN disease kicks in and does what it does. But here's the, here's the difference in I Am A Hero compared to other zombie stories. There are some people who can get infected and evolve. This cult of Caruso, Caruso himself is an evolved being. He got infected somehow and he didn't die. He's 
semi-intelligent, but he's he's cogent, as Jason would say. He mm-hmm. he has a, a a something that affects the infected around him, meaning they won't attack. He has he can quell the 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 bloodlust, the the madness in the infected, and this kid Izaki is now one of the evolved. So in volume seven, we go back to uh, Hideo and Hiromi and, and Miss Oda, and the, they're running out of, of shotgun shells. So they, they, they do a little bit of a search, and they find there's a gun shop, which is rare in Japan. There's a gun shop nearby. So they go to the gun shop, and they, they, they get shells, and they find shells, and they, they take them. But the shit hits the fan, and they're inundated with in, the infectants, ZQNs. And um, Hiromi and Miss Oda manage to get to a hot springs, and while everything plays out, they're taking a bath. So, yes, there's some fan service in this thing. Um, but Hideo has to get to where they are, and he almost doesn't make it. He's on this walkway, and there's tons of infecteds just barreling after him up the walkway, up the side of the building. They're all over the place, and it looks like he's going to die. It looks like he's going to, you know, bite the big one. In comes a Karusu, and, and we don't know this character's name yet, but it's the weirdest thing. He has multiple arms, and he picks up Hideo and puts him down his throat. Like, the, the character's mouth opens up like a toad, and he's got this pouch under his, his throat, and he puts Hideo into his mouth head first, and he's submerged in this stuff inside this character's stomach, I'm guessing. And the the character's running away and he's got these two legs sticking out of his mouth, multiple arms, and he's he's throwing infecteds around and he's he he beats feet and gets out of there. But see that's the difference. There are these super powered evolved characters that are have been infected, but now it because they're infected, it makes them something more. And they're all linked. It's it's mind boggling, but it it's that's what separates I am a hero from your standard Walking Dead, where it's just this zombie plague. I mean, that's enough. But now that Hanazawa has infused this storyline with, there's a paranormal aspect to it too. What are these Karusu people? How did it start? Where did you know? Where's it going to go? That I mean, this this series is amazing. It, it really is. Um, it's just it for me. It scratches that. Well, what if? thing that whenever i read a zombie you know apocalyptic storyline there's always like what if this happened what if what if you know there were superpowered beings in this world that's what we get with this because it's like when you see him and for one for whatever weird reason i mean it doesn't really have to make sense i'm thinking that the author did it to set to differentiate the caruso cult because for some reason they like to run around in their underwear I, I don't understand it, but you know it when you see one because they're they're long haired, semi naked people running around with all these zombies, and they got little tidy whiteies on. It's weird, right? But it's cool because it sets them <laughs> off visually. You can tell in a scene with with hundreds of infected people. There's a a cult member, a Karusu, 
because he's got that tidy whiteies on. It's weird. But it, it, I don't need to have it explained to me. It's, it just works. And then that's I could say that about this whole series. It just works for me. It's, it's brutal, and it's there's nothing like a fetus biting anyone in, in these two volumes. So, you know, that was the high point of the three volumes for me. It's cool. I would recommend this to anybody. I think you guys should read it. I'll give you my book. It books. sounds like an adventure. It is. It's nuts. It's bonkers. But it's, that's the best kind of book. If, if it's totally bonkers, and I love it because of that. I don't know where this thing's going. I, mm-hmm. the, 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 I would never be able to tell you yet. You know what? I'm guessing that a giant naked man in tidy whities with multiple arms is going to take a day or put him down his, his stomach like a toad. Like, how could you predict that? <laughs> it's totally unhinged. And it's, it's all the better for it. Love it so much. Yep, yep. Right on, right on. Do we have anything else? Going to do this uh, one up? Having your travels. Yeah, we'll do this one tight and right. Okay. Because this is a bonus. You didn't expect this, and you got it anyway. Thank you mm-hmm. to our beautiful patrons. If you would like to uh, join the fun, go to patreon.com forward slash 110COMICS, and um, you'll see what, the, what all the fuss is about. I have it in your travels, but I'm not going to tell you too much about it because my brother Dap has not read this, and I would not want to rob him of the joy. So I would just tell you, written by Ryan Parrott, illustrated by Omar Francia, published by Aftershock. I'm telling you, if you're not reading Volition, you are missing out on some of the most beautiful art I've seen in a long, long time. Those first couple pages are gorgeous. There's, the second issue. There's a double page spread in this thing that is just like ungodly. It's inhuman how beautiful it is. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, you're, you're just going to love it. So if you'd like beautifully rendered robots in a futuristic setting, we talked about the first issue of Volition. You can go back in the archives and, and, and hear and just see what we had to say. This is more of the same. They make good on a couple of nuggets dropped in the first issue it's it's phenomenal it's 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 gorgeous volition number two read it uh do you want to run down the uh nominees for the september book of the month i will do that because i have them right here okay the september book of the month is a manga themed book of the month Woohoo! craziness right the contenders of which on which our Patreon supporters will vote. There are 11, and here they are. Ghost in the Shell, Battle Angel Alida, Biomega Volume 1, Cat-Eyed Boy Volume 1, Doro Hedoro Volume 1, Junji Ito's Cat Diary, Yan and Mu, Monster Volume 1, One Piece, Three-in-one volume, that's the first one. One Punch Man, volume one. The Drops of God. And last but certainly not least, Uzumaki. So if there's anything in there you think we should read and you are a Patreon supporter, get your ass in gear and vote for these things once the uh, the voting is, is uh, live. It's not yet. This is just a special preview of what you're going to be voting on. So uh, it'll be going up soon. 
real soon because September's getting getting old. Yes, yes, everybody will have a few days to vote on it, and then we will um, have the winner read the winner, talk about the winner. Hopefully, all within the same month for a change. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, in your travel, speaking of things that um, I caught up on, uh, the terrifics numbers. Woo-hoo. Six and seven, and uh, number six continues the story from issue five, uh, where everybody was an elemental. Uh, I'm sorry, an element person. Uh, although this time the issue is penciled by Joe Bennett, and I like the way he draws Phantom Girl. <laughs> but uh, we the, the, and it's still set up so that you know each panel is one of the characters, one of the team members. So if if two or three of the team show up in a panel, then that's just one larger panel. And then uh, I thought it was pretty nifty. And then when everybody gets together, it's one big splash page. Uh, but if the the sixth issue consists mostly of Metamorpho taking on Algon, who uh, was of course trying to leave everybody stranded um the orb of ra saves the day and uh michael holt and um well when when the issue ends the sixth issue ends uh there's some changes in rex mason's life the and we get a splash page of uh, Dr. Dredd letting everyone know that um, he's going to kill this world's greatest hero, who is none other than Tom Strong. So the seventh issue, after a few months of a tease, since he first showed up, sort of, uh, at the end of the first issue of the Terrifics, um, we finally get some Tom Strong in issue seven of the Terrifics. And this issue is penciled by Dale Eaglesham, which actually he's, he's the artist of the issue. And as always, Dale draws some heroic, strapping, mm-hmm. good-looking men. Not sold on a lot of Dale's women in this particular issue, but I... I like his line work. I, I, he, he, it's larger than life is an understatement. Um, and, and, and the, the action, you really do believe somebody this thick, somebody this stocky, somebody this broad shouldered could actually move the way Dale has him moving. Uh, but everybody is, on the large side, which was one of my issues with Dale's work on Fantastic Four, because he he made him look like the the John Buscema, Rich Buckler, big, bulky, beefy Reed. When that's just it's depending on I think when you start reading Fantastic Four, that 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 seems to be the version you have, and and Reed to me has always been more of a of a lanky, thinner dude. Um, in any event, Plastic Man seems to be having um seems to be going through something that there's a bit of a depression setting in um 
and we find out that maybe uh, Stag isn't um, Sapphire's father. Stag may not be um, completely above board and and transparent and um, it's just it, it's it's an interesting little little subplot because like I said the bulk of the issue these well we start off the issue dealing with Tom Strong um, and then our heroes show up to um, find out what the connection is and and we're left with a pretty interesting cliffhanger so you know jeff lemire is still doing some wonderful work with these characters i'm i'm still enjoying the series um so i uh in your travels i'm going to continue to recommend the terrifics i i say this being completely ignorant to recent developments in tom king's batman and the bulk of mr miracle Mm -hmm. so take that uh, Terrifics is DC's best book. Mm. Yep. That's I'm just saying. I haven't read the last 10 or so issues of Batman, and I have not read the majority of Mr. So Miracle. it's the best DC book that you're current on or that you're yeah, reading? Yeah, we'll that's see. why I said okay. yeah. Well, yeah. sure. I, I love the Terrifics. Mm-hmm. I hope it goes on forever. Um. Okay. We may, we may or may not already know the answer to that, but... What do you mean? Well, we can talk about that after the show. Okay. I'll remind you of a conversation we had with a certain person who would probably know fully well what's going on with that book. Well, but it was off the... I think it was off the record. So. I don't want to know. Well, you were there. I know. <laughs> you just put it out of your mind. In any event, in your travels, um, just about the time that we are descending upon the Javits Center to regale ourselves in all that is the New York Comic Con. This book will be hitting the stands. It is from Image Comics, Murder Falcon, number one. Written by Daniel Warren Johnson. Art by Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, Daniel is a friend of ours, friend of the show. He's been on the show, and he was gracious enough to send us copies of both the first and second issue of this. And uh, we've had them for a while now. So I was waiting until we got near enough that you all, if you're as ADD adult as I am, would uh, would remember it and, and seek it out in the next few weeks when it hits your stands. But um, Vince, what should comics be? Yeah, ridiculous. Exactly. Can you get more ridiculous than nope. a story that merges Daniel's passions, which are comics, kung fu, and uh, metal? Now, I'm not a heavy metal fan, but I appreciate... It's place in a story like this. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying, uh, you know, you, you might have thought this might be a book I disliked because it is highly focused on heavy metal, but it is a kick-ass book. Yep. There is a goofy, blonde, mullet, pot-bellied protagonist named Jake, and um, uh, it's basically his uh, his life sucks. His lady left him. His band broke up. His job's not going too well. He's uh, it's pretty much in the shitter, but uh, it turns out that Jake and his electric guitar are the means with which the Murder Falcon, who is a, I don't know if he's a demigod, but he's an omnip, he's he's an, he's an he's a uh, a potent 
um, hero that is called into our world to defeat all measure of monsters, and his power is directly fueled by how badass Jake riffs on the guitar. <laughs> it's awesome. And it is as crazy and silly as the description sounds, and it is absolutely fantastic for it. This reminds me in a lot of ways of what I loved about the regular show. Um, same kind of same kind of deal. And read the first two issues. Love it. It's perfect for Daniel. Uh, I do think there is something to be said for artists getting to draw things they're passionate about. And this is not only his own creation, so we know he has passion there, but it does bring in his love of music, which is the, it's the first time he's getting to do that. So um, absolute home run. Murder Falcon, for those of you who haven't seen the solicits, is he basically looks like Rambo from the neck down, but he's got a falcon, anthropomorphic falcon head with a red bandana, uh, and then he's got his right arm has been replaced by a gigantic mecha arm. So um, super cool design. And this is going to be a hell of a romp. So yeah. please go out and support it. You will not be disappointed. That metal arm, all the better to riff you with, my dear. That's right. Uh, an arm that doesn't get tired? Shit. And if you're wondering, yes, there will be other. I suspect strongly there will be other beings powered by other types of musical instruments yeah classical man's gonna take a beating <laughs> concerto man <laughs> the stuffy man <clears throat> so there you go yet another episode of the absolute best comic podcast in the world how about that <laughs> be here no Yes. 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 Damn it. Of course. Be here with us next time when we'll have more of this stuff, maybe some surprises this week for you. So stay tuned. Mayhap. Mayhap. Well, definitely. So stay tuned. We got something coming. And uh, in the meantime, you know the drill. Say goodnight. I'm going to do it again. Wait. Oh, shit. The tab fell in. (laughs) David. Good night. I can't. The tap fell in. Oh, shit. That fell in. David. Wow. Is it live or is it Memorex? Can't tell. It's so so precise. Come back next time, y'all. We'll be here waiting for you. Go kiss a loved one. Hug your pet. Mm-hmm. Go on the internet. Have spayed or neutered. Yeah, go on the internet and, and rant. You know, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> no, I don't do that. Don't don't do that. How about how about that. go on the internet and praise? There you go. That makes a lot of sense. All right, I'll I'll reconnect. Because we'll be here waiting for you. We love you. Bye. Peace.